Hey, how's it going? Dan Schinder here on Yes Shift with Stephen Schinder, the son, and he is the dad, and this is our podcast. That's right, and this is the Yes Shift News Desk Report of June 20th, 2022. And actually, we weren't planning on doing this. We were planning on doing a feature on Oliver Wakeman and his awesome collection of music. Um, but yeah, Steve, we, we changed gears. Yeah, so we're pushing that to the 28th at 7 p.m. And before then, we're also doing the Patrick Moran's Story of I episode on the 24th at 4 p.m. Uh, these are Pacific times. Right. But yeah, given the this news article that came out last night and just some other current yes related stuff that's going on, we were thinking, you know, we really should do a news episode today. Um, so that's what we're doing. And the first um, thing, uh, like the article that we found that came out last night that I found this morning is related to Alan White's uh, stolen drum kit and the suspects for that. And this is from Fox 13 Seattle, which I'll link in the comments. And it's kind of lengthy. It does go into the timeline of everything and stuff we didn't know before, but we'll read some of it. And uh, yeah, this is the only place that this, the main place that this info has been posted. So yeah, yeah. dive into it after, after this episode, because we got other things we're talking about. Um, but uh, these guys are a little raunchy, right? Not only in deeds, but they're not looking too great. King County prosecutors have charged two suspects in connection with the theft of a legendary drum kit owned by Yes drummer Alan White. He played, as many of you I'm sure know, uh, he played this kit on the Plastic Ono Band. It's a Ludwig drum kit during the recording of John Lennon's Imagine song and album. Uh, the drum kit was stolen out of White's storage unit in March, has still not been found. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame drummer died, as you know, at his home March, I'm sorry, May 26th. Police would like to find the stolen drums to return to Gigi, his widow. Um, I really hope they find the kit. Go ahead with the rest there, Steve, uh, just for this portion, and then Steve will pop the link to the story in there for you folks to read later. Yeah, it continues. Chad Briner and Frederick Estes Jr., who is also known as Shadow, have both been charged with burglary in the second degree and two counts of residential burglary. They have felony warrants for their arrest. Submit an anonymous tip to Crime Stoppers or call 911 if you know where deputies can find them. In probable cause documents submitted to the prosecutor's office, Newcastle Police Detective Brittany Bertner detailed all of the work done on the case so far. And it goes on with the timeline of events since late March. Um, so yeah, new info that neither of us knew and kind of adds more context. And at the end, it says neither suspect is in custody. Um, they are scheduled to appear for arraignment on June 29th at the King County Courthouse. And uh, I know that in this article, it says that at one point uh, they were able to retrieve the 90125, um, I think it was like a plaque or 
Was it? Yeah, it's it was the yeah it was a triple platinum record for nine zero one two five um and maybe a couple other things but that kit has still not been found so hopefully they get this resolved like I really hope that they're able to sort all this out um but yeah just a lot of yeah just a, a lot of stuff going on with that yeah what goes through the minds of someone who takes something that you can't sell what do you get do with it you know like you can't sell it to someone that's gonna put it i just don't get it so i'm a little unclear on something they're not in custody they have an arraignment date have they they've been charged have they been were they ever arrested do they know are we still looking for these guys what yeah i know that one suspect was in custody um at least um, it also it says here, April 1st, SS Jr. and a woman were arrested after deputies responded to another break-in into the White's home. And they did some questioning and mentioned someone na- by the name of, or who goes by John John, um, uh, claimed that they purchased a white truck with a camper from that person. And so, like, there are a lot of details here that confuse me. And honestly, I feel like, I, I'm not super clear on all these and not the best person to ask, which is why we're okay. popping the link in the comments and in the podcast episode description, uh, if you're just listening to the audio. And so people can get caught up on all that because it's a lot of details. And uh, yeah, we just hope that this really gets sorted out. Yeah, it's, it's so fresh that we haven't combed through it. Stephen found it this morning. And I've been in meetings until like right before we started this. So I haven't even read the whole thing. So some developments on that, which is uh, good, we hope, right? Right. Yeah. Um, Again, it's just like still such a travesty that they're, you know, they broke in and just took all that stuff. But anyway, like we're we're all hoping for the best. Um, In the meantime, to sort of lighten things up a bit uh there were a couple really nice posts recently uh over on the alan white facebook page there was a father's day post which said happy father's day to all the dads who love their children and do their best to present in or sorry and do their best to be present in their lives when was father's day yesterday (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's hard. We salute you. And it's signed Gigi, Jesse, and Cassie. And uh, the post had some nice photos of Alan with the kids when they were very little. And this family one that we have right here from like within the last uh, several years, I believe. Yeah. It's amazing how much uh, Cassie looks like Gigi. Cassie looks a lot like Gigi when I first met her and Alan. Um, She's a doctor now, which is awesome. Uh, And those pictures of them as little kids, that's about the age they were when I met them, I remember. I I remember being there and they were, I was outside talking to Alan and the kids were climbing on the van and he says, oh yeah, they just got the chicken pox. And I had not had the chicken pox yet. And I was like, oh really? Oh, you know, I think I gotta go. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'll link that in the comments and in the description so people can see all the pics. 
And there's also a couple posts from Billy Sherwood. Um, he's actually been posting quite a bit because yes, our touring and, uh, but he's also been reminiscing. And in one of these posts from a few days ago, uh, he's shared this picture of when he and Alan White went skiing. Uh, he says, this pic is from the Swiss Alps during the ladder tour. Alan and myself went skiing. It was a wonderful experience. Just us two racing down the mountains all day. A memory I'll never forget. I miss him terribly and shall do my level best to honor his legacy and Chris Squire uh, tonight. Uh, this was the night of the first gig, like that warm up gig. So yeah, uh, yeah we lost both far too soon. Life is so precious and unpredictable. We live for those we've lost, he is missed. So, yeah, you know, Billy's, he, we've had him on our show and he talked about like the mission to honor Chris and now they're honoring Alan as well. So I'm glad that they're doing that. And yeah, um, he also shared a post, um, I think this was within this past day where he talked about the first time he met Chris and it was at a Moody Blues concert at August 10th, 1988. Um, and there's like a funny back and forth where uh, Chris said, you're very tall, it's good to be tall. And it was like so odd thing to say, but uh, <laughs> just, you know, it's just so nice and friendly, I guess, you know, it was the beginning of everything. So I'll link that post as well. Um, and then we have a few magazine covers. Uh, the f one that's, I guess, the newest coming up is a July issue of Bass Player magazine. Um, I believe this is a UK-based magazine. Yeah, I love this photo of Chris. Yeah, it's so good. Um, like he's just such an iconic bass player you know so and i and i like what it says like what the captions on there says uh he changed the world with his uh, unique bass tones or something like that yeah um he also yeah he uh his bass tones changed our world his technique blew our minds um he also is like just the classic not just iconic bass player, but rock star, you know, his dress, the way he performed, uh, the way he partied, he was a friendly guy. He, he was a big stature on stage. You know, he just had such presence in so many ways, a great sense of humor, but just a monster musician, great singer, great songwriter. We can go on and on. He really was the whole package. Yeah, he really was. And these others were in late May, but we didn't really get to show them on our show because of like everything that was going on at the time, you know, with Alan's passing and Vangelis as well. But uh, this next one is from Prague Magazine and it features <laughs> well, pr primarily Bill Bruford on there, like holding the guitar like he's gonna swing it but it's so funny it. what what's happening is he's swinging he's in the foreground if you're listening just to the audio only version of this he's swinging 
Chris is Rickenbacker, like at the camera, like he's going to take a bat swing at it. And then Chris is in the background with his hands up in the air yelling and John's oblivious, just tinkering around on Bill's drum kit. It's actually a hilarious cover. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, so this went on sale May 27th, but for the U.S. it goes on sale June 24th. Um, yeah, it's such a great photo, just really fun one to have on there. And there's there was also, like, within that same week that that came out, there was this issue of Beat magazine, like, the cover was revealed. It showed Jeff Downs on there wearing this jacket that... I wish I had, honestly. Um, it like features like all these flower looking things. It's like, wow, that's a really nice jacket. Yeah, I think it's just a shirt. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's okay. It does have a zipper, I think. But yeah, it's a long sleeve. And yeah, it looks really nice. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. And I'm sure that each of these magazines like have some sort of feature of them like within the pages. So uh yeah people can enjoy those if they get their hands on them i suppose and that's a british magazine beat the beat yeah it is all right so now i guess we can go into talking about the current yes tour the close to the edge 50th anniversary tour now that it's a few dates underway they did the warm-up gig like we mentioned and They've done Glasgow, Manchester, Nottingham, and are doing Liverpool today. Um, most of the clips we saw were from the Glasgow show. But yeah, where do you want to start, Dad? Do you want to start by talking about the turn of the century video that Yes and their, I suppose, management put together? Or like Yeah, let's start with that. And then we'll play a clip, an audience shot clip of Close to the Edge. Um the tribute they put together was Turn of the Century, and as many of you probably know, Alan was one of the writers of that with John Anderson. It's a beautiful song. It's my yes tearjerker song, and now it has even yeah. so much more meaning with that. But they had um, him on screens and things throughout his life. Um, I'm, I'm not going to show the video because the video we have handy um, was shot on a phone vertically instead of like yeah, this and it's also the official version so like we can't yeah it, it has the the actual uh soundtrack and you know from the album we don't want that to get snagged uh from algorithms but folks don't do that and and i'll show you why if i can get to the right um folder here in a second um here's why when, when you shoot vertically that that's why it shows it shows up like that and it just doesn't look good if someone i mean it's like looking through a cracked open door think of how much more you can get in the picture if you simply just turn your phone like this instead of like this works for left-handed people as well i'm right-handed and it works for me with my left hand um so just public service announcement friendly reminder don't do that it looks lame lame yes. so if you're shooting with your phone do it horizontally because that'll exactly be better as we'll demonstrate in a moment we're going to show want to show that clip of close to the edge yeah this is from glasgow and this is with of course jay shellen on drums jeffrey downs on keyboards 
uh, a newcomer, Steve Howe on guitar, <laughs> Billy Sherwood on bass, and John Davison on vocals. Check this out. We'll scoot through this, but I picked a fun starting point. Dig it, turn it up. Oops, it didn't save the starting place. Here we go. What do you think? And and folks chime in. You know, it's a it's a different yes. We know that. Um, I don't know if yes is still yes yeah, without like, Patrick like, Moraz, like, but <laughs> yeah. Like if anyone does is asking, like, wait, who are these people? And yes, or not, like, 
I guess I don't know what to tell you. It's yeah, where have you been? On the ship, like, yeah. But um, <laughs> that aside, so when it comes to audience shot videos from concerts, sometimes the audio quality can be a bit dodgy and it'll make some people skeptical, but it can be like what they use, like the phone or the camera or whatever. And so where they're seated, you know. Yeah, and I, I keep that in mind when watching these and uh i chose this clip for us to feature because it's one of the better looking ones and better sounding ones um like it feels more like actually being there i think and just from looking at some of these clips it does look like they have a lot of energy and the lighting and visuals like the video wall stuff it looks amazing like if i was there i'd probably be super into it uh what what do you think of this clip yeah, I do agree with that. It's not only audience shot, but people are seated and you're looking through two people in front of you. So it's kind of yeah. like you're sitting there on the floor seats. That was kind of cool. I was a little surprised that Billy wasn't singing along with John Davison in that part the way Chris would be. Mm. Um, maybe because it's new in the tour, they're still kind of just fall, stuff falling into place. If you think about it, this came together pretty quickly. They rehearsed for four days. They did that pre-tour show and now they're on tour. You know, yeah. and stuff morphs and gels and all solidifies, you know, during the course of the first 50 shows, <laughs> if they're doing 52, you know, stuff just goes that way. Uh, but all in all, I think they sound really good. Um, it was interesting to hear Jeff Downs play the solo the way he did on the organ, as well as the, the synth part, you know, kind of had his own twist to it while at the same time honoring the bullet points of the original version and the live classic versions that we're familiar with. Yeah, for the Glasgow show, I did notice, and again, this could be them still trying to acclimate, um, on Close to the Edge and like on bits of Close to the Edge and bits of Does It Really Happen, I noticed that John Davison uh, got the lyrics missed mixed up a little like instrumentally it still like sounds who even john tight. did that <laughs> and, yeah john anderson did that as well so it's like whatever but yeah it was just a interesting thing i noticed because i mean to be fair in the past however long john davison's been in the band i can't really recall a time when he's messed up the lyrics just from what i've seen and um messed up sounds harsh like you know a little flub augmented yeah. <laughs> i've seen john anderson do it twice on two different tours the beginning the first lyrics of re the first lyrics of gates of delirium at the hollywood yeah. bowl with the orchestra and the orchestra stopped everyone stopped and chris slid over and leaned over whispered in his ear and they started singing and then everyone started up again but before that on the open your eyes tour uh he forgot the lyrics to um a couple times in close to the edge actually and in close to the edge he backed up and tripped over a monitor and you can hear the breath being sucked out of the room because he was still kind of recovering from back surgery if i remember correctly and steve howe's tech um shoes ran over and picked him up and then he kept you know 
kept going. But you know, they're human. They're they're human, and this yeah. is why some people, even uh, Getty Lee, Ozzy Osbourne, well, Ozzy, you can understand. You know why why they have their lyrics on a screen. You know. Yeah. Um, Isn't then- that interesting? Wait, wait. I just thought of something. Isn't that interesting that? They can remember all the music. They don't need the sheet music in front of them, but many of them need the lyrics. I find that interesting. The lyrics are just another instrument. Right, yeah. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. You're like saying that, but... Um, regarding, like, other parts of the set list... Uh, so, uh, before I forget, I saw that some other review mentioned that South Side of the Sky might have been at the Nottingham show. I, I've not been able to find a clip to corroborate that, but, I mean, that wasn't at these first couple of shows, so maybe they are changing things up, if that is indeed true. But going off of what we know for sure that they've played... Um, Again, no opportunity necessary, uh, has a lot of energy, um, and, well, let's talk about On the Silent Wings of Freedom. Yeah, I was just going to mention that. You mentioned earlier, and I agree, that it's it's more bridged than we expected. I yeah, wish they played like the whole thing more... to honor both Chris and Alan with a song that's really their song. Yeah, it's about four minutes long, this rendition and it's like half the length of the original which it really caught me off guard seeing the video of that for the first time they basically started from just right before the lyrics and after the first set of lyrics they dive right into the next set of lyrics so it's like really cutting out some really good instrumental bits um and like i don't know what the deal is there like i don't know if they're if they haven't really nailed it down yet, or if they're going to keep trying until they can maybe do the full version. Uh, like I'm, it's better than nothing, I guess, but it's not my preferred version that I would go to, you know, I want to hear the full thing. Uh, just like how whenever roundabout gets played, we we'd prefer for that to be played in full rather than the abridged versions that they've done um, every now and then. Exactly. Cutting out that whole middle section. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, so basically the whole, <coughs> excuse me, instrumental intro of on the silent wings of freedom is not there. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. And, you know, so could be watching or listening. We don't mean any ill will guys. It's just curious. It's curious. Josh, you could do all of, Relayer all of Close to the Edge, you know, all these big albums, but why not all of On the Silent Wings of Freedom? It's a little curious. Yeah, I don't know if it's kind of, maybe it's kind of tricky, but I don't know. Like my. Um, Every Yes song's no, tricky. Well, yeah, like my note to them would be uh, please keep trying. We, we love this song, we love this music. So if you could try playing it in full, that'd be great. It's a great um, song. Yeah, we're, we are glad that you dug it out. Um, yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm happy for the, the assortment of songs, you know, to have something off a of drama is great, to go way back to No Opportunity. You know, all, there's some really neat, it's in a nice eclectic um, assortment of songs, which is cool. Yeah, and I feel like uh, from what I saw of 
of the ice bridge and dare to know like even if it doesn't sound exactly like i'm there watching those videos it still feels like there's enough energy behind those at least from like in my opinion yeah and what do you think of the live translation of those or interpretation i thought they were translated pretty well yeah, um, me too yeah which is great like you know they're representing those songs from the quest but again like i've said before i would like for them to throw in a couple more from that album as well yeah um, and not at the expense of like swapping the quest songs out like if anything i would swap out a few of the classic things that have been played over and over like time and time again yeah um and as for the close to and again hard the sunrise energetic as usual and close to the edge the album uh, I feel like they did a nice job playing it, you know, in album order. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't think they've ever played it in album order before this tour. Right. Last time they played it in backwards album order, the last time they yeah. did it in full, right? Yeah. 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 Back in 2014 or thereabouts. Yeah. Um, and yeah, from what I've heard, you know, there have been a bunch of reviews posted, like different articles, and the few that I've read seem mostly positive. You know, they mentioned that there are a few glitches here and there, but it's pretty good overall. Um, people seem to be enjoying the Roger Dean stuff, of course. Yeah. And, um, and I want to yeah. mention something else while we're on the topic of Yes Live. Sure. Um, you turned me on to something that I was totally unaware of, um, and that was the Trevor, <laughs> excuse me, Trevor Horn and Friends show in which it was. Um, oh yeah, in two thousand four. Yeah, Chris Squire, Alan White, Jeff Downs, uh, Steve uh, Howe, Steve Howe, thank you, Trevor Rabin, and um, they played "Owner of a Lonely Heart" and they had an orchestra. Cinema. Yeah, at cinema the beginning of take it easy or whatever that is. Oh, make it easy. Make yeah. it easy. Thanks. And, <laughs> and into owner of a lonely heart with an orchestra and a corral that I think is my favorite version of cinema and owner of a lonely heart, which I was surprised. Um, Trevor singing lead through the whole thing. Um, I loved that version. It rocks. It's great and it's clean. It's it's technically perfect. And um, I was a little confused telling Steve, saying, what, what am I not remembering being that there's Jeff Downs, but this is 2004? Like, am I totally forgetting a whole, you know, incarnation of Yes or something? But why don't you explain? Right. Well, first off, it's been a while since I watched it, so I couldn't remember if there was an orchestra or not. But in any case, this concert was maybe a couple months after the 35th anniversary tour ended. And there was this thing uh, honoring Trevor Horn, like his years as a producer and musician. I think it was called the Prince's Trust. It was at uh, the Prince's the Trust. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so they got all these people that Trevor has, Trevor Horn has worked with all these different artists and they each did a song or more. Uh, I know that Trevor Horn and Jeff Downs did a bit of Bogles stuff, like, you know, Veil Kill the Radio Star. And there might've been another number 
But yeah, they got uh, Trevor Rapin, Steve Howe, Jeff Downs, Alan White, and Chris Squire to play those songs you mentioned. I'm not sure what was going on with John Anderson and Rick Wakeman. Um, maybe it was due to John's health issues at the time. Like I know the 35th anniversary tour kind of took a toll on him and he needed a break and needed to do acoustic stuff instead. Well, um, what threw me off is when Trevor does a really nice introduction, Trevor Horn, to everybody and how much of a fan he was of Yes and Chris's bass playing and that's why he became a bass player and all this stuff. But when he introduces the band, he he says, and Jeffrey Downs, who's now in the lineup, and it makes me wonder... Were they maybe going to go forward that way or something? Or Yeah, it is interesting because I know that Rick, you know, at the time during the hiatus from 2004 to 2007, it on Yes World, it seemed like Rick might still be in the band, but it's possible that maybe that far back in 2004, he was iffy. And of course, we know that eventually they went with Oliver... Wakeman, because uh, Steve Howe really wanted him, and uh, you know, so yeah, I I do kind of wonder. Watch it again. If if maybe like I don't know if he means part of this lineup for this concert, or if maybe they were trying to work something out. Because I know that in two thousand five they were trying to do something called the More Drama Tour, where uh, Alan's band White and. Um, Maybe a couple other artists like The Sin possibly were going to go out and tour together, play some drama songs. And I oh, wow. Jeff Downs would have been part of that. So, like, I, I don't know. It's, Interesting. Yeah. But, I, I actually still have it on my laptop. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it so much. I'll probably watch it again. Um, because it's, it's, it's great. Maybe put the link to that in there for people to check out it. For me to say it's my favorite version of both cinema and Owner of a Lonely Heart, that's saying a lot. Yeah, especially like all that time after the 9012 yeah. live tour. Yeah. Yeah, and you got Steve Howe chopping away on rhythm. It's really cool. It was great to right. see all of them together, too. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Um, What's next? Yeah, so uh, kind of getting back to close to the edge related stuff. Uh, over on Yes World, uh, our friend uh, who's been on the show a couple of times, Dave Watkinson, uh, he, his article got posted on Yes World and it's about the uh, basically the first show of the UK Lake of the original Close to the Edge tour. So uh, headline, the original Yes Close to the Edge Crystal Palace Bowl show poster, uh, 2nd September 1972. And Dave goes... Uh, into detail about you know what it was like at the time and seeing this poster which um, I don't know if we have and you might be showing on the it's up thing, but okay yeah and it, you know it's kind of interesting because we had the Roger Dean yes logo by then but it's still like this more normal looking yes logo that's kind of just you know it just looks like a normal ordinary like word you know right uh, and like it's not that fancy of a poster but it's a nice bit of history and apparently it hadn't been seen like online before this 
article got posted on Yes World. And this article also has like a lot of other neat memorabilia on there. So I'll go ahead and post that article in the comments and also put in the audio description afterward. Do we know yet, Steve, if there's a bootleg version of that show where that song first appeared live? And Alan, um, for that matter? Well, the first show that Alan played with them was in Dallas, and there are bootleg recordings, uh, but they're kind of muddy. Okay. Uh, they can be found on YouTube. Okay. Um, and... Yeah, so, yeah, I, I definitely encourage people to check out this article. It's really well done. Lots of neat photos on there. Um, and uh, going back to Roger Dean, so there are a few Roger Dean updates. He's actually been very active on the Facebook page, making all these posts about different things he worked on over the years. There's one about some OC Bisa art, which is really neat. But... He said that um, the Yes Tour is underway and, you know, he's doing the exhibition while he's on that. And uh, he also shared this more modern looking close to the edge painting, uh, which we'll be showing on here. Uh, what do you think of this? I love it. I want to be there. I think yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Okay, are you showing it on the yeah. screen? Yeah, yeah, it's on the screen. Okay, I might be behind. There's a delay. Stuff. Yeah, there's like a, depending on your internet connection, there there could be as much as a twenty second delay, but it's on the screen. Um, I love the foliage in the foreground. Then there's the mist, in the canyon, and then there's the, the edge. <laughs> yeah, it's like the original close to the edge painting is kind of further away in the background and in the foreground right. you have all these rock formations that look more like more modern Roger Dean and it's yeah. really neat it's like zooming out and seeing that same world which exactly I, I really love yeah uh he also um posted a video where he addressed the age-old speculation of whether the rock formations on the covers of Tales and Relayer link up oh and, and? So his wording was kind of confusing to me, but I think what he was getting at was that they are separate rock formations, you know, separate paintings, but they might be inspired by the same place that he's visited in Cornwall that has like this pathway and a rock next to it. So at the very least, they have the same real life inspiration, even if they don't necessarily like link up and not like the same rock formation. It'd be so neat to have like a map, you know, like the map, thinking of Lord of the Rings, the map of Middle yeah. Earth. It'd be so neat to have a map of all these places that Roger has painted on the map, but then to have the rest of the map linking them and virtually go on that journey from the Relayer site to the Tales site and so on. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Like yeah. Just all the stuff he's done as part of that same universe. You can even have like the Asia pyramid yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Anything that's, yeah. Well, I guess everything almost is pretty much a geographical location or reference. Um, yeah. Yeah. That'd be so cool. Yeah. 
He also announced the Secret Pathway exhibition that he and his daughter Freya are doing. Mm. Uh, this will be in San Francisco at the Height Street Art Center, and it'll be open from August 25th to November 6th. Oh, that's my birthday. Hate. Yeah. yeah, Hate Hate Street. You've heard of oh, Hate okay. Ashbury? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's your birthday. Yeah. We so, should go. Yes. Oh, I would be so down to go to that. That'd be great. <laughs> huh, let's um, talk about that. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see what we can do. And um, more recently, um, well, I, I don't know if it's more recently, but like very recent, uh, I was watching this new movie that came out on Paramount Plus called Jerry and Marge Go Large. And it's based on a true story. It's about this uh, couple that plays the lottery in a few different towns. And even though the movie might not really be, like, I don't know if I'm the target audience. Like, I thought it was kind of okay, but it, it has interesting actors in there, like Brian Cranston uh, plays the husband and Rain Wilson from The Office. Two reasons there. alone to watch it. Yeah, oh, and um, Michael McKean, the guy who played Chuck on Better Call Saul, is also a character in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, a couple of things caught my eye. So I was watching this movie while working on stuff on my laptop, and um, and I've posted these on our Facebook page. Uh, which I wish I had them to pull up right now. I don't. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll link them later. But okay. Yeah, uh, so I was working on my laptop, and then... Um, I glanced at the screen and then I had to do a double take because I was like, wait, what the hell? Because like Rain Wilson, uh, this was about like 50 minutes or so in. Uh, he was wearing a Yes t-shirt. It was like white, but with a framing of the Pathways painting from Yes songs. And yeah, the Yes logo at the top. And it was just uh, so surreal. Like just And I love that it was such a deep cut too, you know? Yeah, well, later in the movie, there's an even deeper cut. Uh, so like an hour and 20 or 25 minutes in, somewhere around there, he's wearing, um, it's kind of obscured by this jacket he's wearing over it, but he's wearing a Union Tour shirt. <laughs> or, or maybe it's the Union album itself. Like it definitely has that logo on it. And I think the rock formations, but yeah, it's uh, Laurent Picard uh, from one of the Yes groups pointed it out to me said it was in the trailer and then i went looking for it in the movie it was like like yeah these shirt sightings were a half hour apart in the movie and it was just yeah it just took me off guard like i wasn't expecting these yes shirts um it'd be funny and, if they were like those scenes were exactly the length of revealing science of god apart or something like that yeah <laughs> or close to the um, edge and and actually, like a few years ago, there was that remake of A Star is Born with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. And there yeah. was a scene a half hour into that. Oh, yeah, she's wearing a yeah, shirt. Yeah, she's wearing a Tormato shirt. Like it's got the Tormato logo, but it also has like the band lineup. So I guess it's like the back cover of Tormato on the front of the shirt. And I've been told that... Um, Apparently, in this old movie called Roller Coaster from 1977, another Yes fan named Steve Wenner was telling me that there's a brief moment where someone's wearing a Yes shirt. And 
Huh. Uh, I tried asking like what where it was, but it, he might get back to me if he can find it. But yeah, and I also remember in this movie called Rubber, which involves a sentient tire that kills people. It's a surreal comedy movie, but there there's a a character in there who has a Yes Union Tour T-shirt <laughs> as well. So. Yeah, all, a bunch of different places where you can find yes shirts and film. Weird. Funny. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a great uh, coffee table book. Uh, yeah, a book about <laughs> yes shirt sightings uh, in film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, I guess that's um, pretty much everything. I, I do want to give a quick shout out because I forgot to like previously to the progressive to oh <laughs> to the progressive alternative uh several weeks back they did a show where it was a tribute to Alan White after his passing and uh they showcased some music from stuff he's worked on like his band White and Levin Torn White there's a bit of Ramshackled in it which we've actually talked about recently and of course some yes stuff so yeah uh yeah uh, and i think that's um pretty much all the news stuff. I know John Anderson's Close the Edge tour will start sometime next month. So it'll be interesting drawing comparisons to like how he and the Rock Academy do it compared to how Yes. Yeah. What the set list is like. Definitely. And on, as uh, Steven said earlier, on Thursday, Thursday? This Thursday. Yeah, the, or I think Friday the 24th. Yeah, Friday, the 24th, 4 p.m. Pacific U.S. time, 7 p.m. Eastern U.S. time. Uh, we're going to be celebrating the birthday of the longest standing keyboard player of Yes, Patrick Moraz. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, um, it wasn't Eddie Jobson? <laughs> oh, that's right. Or Francis Monkman. <laughs> right, yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about his solo album, Story of I, as part of our series we've been doing of... Uh, first solo albums that Yes members did since joining Yes. Yeah. Uh, that'll be fun to do. I haven't listened to 